Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And uh, we do pray that you open the eyes of our heart, of our soul, our spirit, to see how much you love us. Father, it's far too big for us to fathom, to comprehend. It goes so much further than we can possibly dream of. And yet, in this culture, Father, we've got so many denominations that have a limited understanding of your love. Father, may we stay open to the revelation of your love, of your forgiveness, your acceptance, and how you have created us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm a little nervous about this because I, um, yeah, do you know how you kind of plan in advance and you kind of know what you're going to say and, and all that fun stuff and you, you do a series and you're ready. You kind of know what you're going to do until last night. Um, I had no clue. And uh, I was uh, in Michigan for uh, about 24 hours. I'll explain that a little later. I, I went to hear Don Keithley and Steve McVeigh in Grand Rapids. So I drove to Grand Rapids and uh, heard them, was encouraged, met new people. It was like, what? This family gets bigger. It's pretty fun. And, uh, and I thought, oh, nuts. What am I going to teach on? Oh, no. So anyway, this kind of came out of the, the trip. And a certain experience triggered what we're going to talk about. So I'm, I'm hoping it all fits together. So if it seems a little all over the place, I'm really sorry. You can't get a grand slam every week, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. So I'm batting for 500, let's say. Okay. By design. This is big. Um, oops, turn this on. By design is what I've called this. And uh, how many have ever put together an IKEA item? How many? Really? Okay. They have a, a specific design. And, ex well, supposed to be exact instructions, but some of them are ridiculously crazy. And I love this last instruction. Just call us. <laughs> like, really? Really? It's kind of funny because uh, many years ago, when we first moved to Elmira and we redid our kitchen, uh, we bought an Ikea kitchen. And our 12-year-old son, Noah, I think he was 12 at the time, right, Lori? I think 12? He put the whole kitchen together for us. No problem. He's like, all of it. He did it at 12. And so we still think he should hire himself out to be a, a, a person who puts stuff together for people because he has this thing called patience. I don't understand it. But anyway, Ikea. So it's designed to fit together a certain way, correct? Okay, that's nice. Great. Cars. Um, cars have a unique design. Each car um, needs a fuel of some kind, whether it's solar fuel, electric, or whatever, you know, the, uh, or natural gas, propane. But let's just pick on gasoline for just a moment. Um, in your user's manual of your car, it will tell you the type of gasoline that is recommended for your unit. Um, so some cars will say just use regular gas. In fact, most cars will tell you use regular gas, not premium. It says just use the regular. You're wasting your money buying the premium. But we think we're getting a better gas. Fine, we'll do it anyway. And does it do stuff? Sure, it might. I'm not the scientist. But either way, if you suddenly go to the pump and you put in diesel, what is the problem? It will not fire. Or if you have a diesel engine and you put in gas, there's a problem. Why is there a problem? It's not 
designed for that. Here's another problem with fuel. Old fuel. What happens when you put really old fuel that you've not treated and put that into your vehicle? It won't fight. It gums up. It, it, there's a problem. It's designed to have fresh fuel. So lesson, if you have old fuel sitting in cans, find a way to get rid of it. It's now useless. Unless you've treated it, and I've got the treatment for two years' worth. That's how I treat my gasoline and my thingy. Um, anyway, it's designed to not have old gas. Make sense? How about your tires? Uh, your car is designed to have a specific size of tire. There's three different numbers on there. They each mean something. I'm sure of it. So <laughs> you just can't swap tires and have, I'll do a 17-inch here and a 15-inch there, 14 there, and a, you know, like you can't. They're designed to run a certain way, including your speed. So if you have your tire that's too big, your speedometer is not going to reveal the true speed. I guarantee it. But that's the way it's designed by whom? The manufacturer. Does this stuff make sense? It better. Cars, same thing, rust-proof. It's also beneficial, although they don't tell you, unless you're at a dealership and they'll try and sell you this package of rust-proofing and just, they go to the hilt. And I've walked into a place that I don't want any upselling. Not a single thing. I just want to, please do not even try. I will be upset if you do. And at one time they listened. <laughs> so it's nice. But anyway... <laughs> But uh, the idea of the rust-proofing. They encourage you to rust-proof your car so that you have a greater longevity and better quality of a vehicle down the road. It's thinking ahead. It's designed like this. So there's a purpose to rust-proofing, and there's a whole bunch of options for rust-proofing. But even though it may not be in the manual, there is a benefit to this because it's been proven. Does that make sense? Okay. Next. Maps, GPSs, have become a really, really helpful source uh, to get around. Um, you can use your regular map if you're a map kind of person, or you can try a GPS. Uh, nope, nope. So <laughs> that's next. So how did this sermon come about? <sighs> Not really lost, just redirected. So, I went to Grand Rapids, Michigan. My intent was to go the fastest, most direct route. Right? Doesn't that make sense? No detours. So, I, uh, I'm at Sarnia, which is apparently the wisest place to cross instead of going down to Detroit or something like that. Right? Does everybody understand that? If you don't, just go with me on this. So, I'm, I'm just about in Sarnia, you know, and um, my GPS says, oh, take this next exit. Okay. Took the exit. And I pulled over a little, about 10 minutes later, I said, this doesn't seem right. Wallaceburg to what? what? So, I'm, so I stop, and I tell GPS, um, okay, okay, Google, get me the fastest route, because that should get me through Sarnia, right? Give me the fastest route, uh, most direct route to, to uh, Grand Rapids. Fine. Okay, GPS says it's, it's fine. It's exactly what it's telling me. Fine! So I... Something tells me to say, right. And so I'm driving, driving, and suddenly my tank is getting lower because I was going to buy in the U.S. side. I was planning it strategically, you know, because you do that. And it's getting lower and lower, and I'm thinking, oh, no. 
where am I going? Suddenly you end up on a, a native Indian reserve. <laughs> Wallsburg's really close. See, I was at the border, then I'm back down here, and then I end up on a boat. I had to ferry it. Lights out, watch this. So, as I'm on the boat. Well, isn't this fun? Trusting Google Maps uh, for my travels. So, oh my goodness. Or something like that, because I'm, I'm driving from Kitchener-Waterloo, heading to Sarnia to cross the border at the Sarnia uh, border crossing. And uh, the map brings me down Highway 40 in Ontario. And look where I am. I am on a boat. <laughs> I'm crossing a river. Literally crossing a river, heading to the States. Like, I did not expect to take a ferry. I've never been on this island, a Walpole Island. Uh, it's a, a native Indian reserve. It, it's nice, but did not expect this. So there, I just uh, added an extra hour to my, to my trip. And I told Google, Google, find me the fastest route. The fastest, not the longest, the fastest road. Dang, didn't work. Oh well, happy driving and a f boat ride. See ya. <laughs> that was on Friday. What an interesting day. Well, I, I chuckled about it and I'm thinking, stupid map. And then I found out something. I looked in my settings. This, this is what it said. I did not know this was set like this, and I believe my son did it one day, because we, we were trying to avoid the highways and find back roads, so he changed my settings. So avoid highways, which I didn't realize, because I wanted the highways. Instead of avoid tolls, guess what? The Sarnia Bridge is considered a toll. <laughs> That's why it had no problem routing me, and then it did not avoid ferries. And we're not talking about fairies. We're talking... So, I went in and changed it. That GPS did exactly what it was designed to do. And what apparently I or somebody else told it to do. Design flaw. Oh my goodness. Well, this morning I want to talk about design. And your designer... Because if we have been created by Christ, which we have, I want to talk about the great designer and how he designed us. I want to read this next thing for you. From Henry Nouwen. God loved you before you were born. And God will love you after you die. In Scripture, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. This is a fundamental truth of your identity. This is who you are, whether you feel it or not. You belong to God from eternity to eternity. Life is just a little opportunity for you during a few years to say, I love you too. Isn't that cool? Your designer, are you still laughing at my GPS fuddle? <sighs> it was funny, but man, okay. So all that brought me to this, <laughs> which is really funny. 
this statement is powerful because it speaks to the core of who you really are. And if you don't really know, or if you think you know who you are, today I hope to point you in a direction that will bring you maybe a hope of purpose and some meaning in your life. Henry Nouwen also said, the greatest trap in our life is not success, popularity, or power, but self-rejection. Ouch. There are so many people who reject their true identity. Either they say, no way, it's too good to be true. You don't know me. I know me, is what some people say. I beg to differ. I believe it's the other way around. You may not know you, but you're heavenly designer knows how he created you and knows what you need for meaning and purpose many people are trying to find their meaning and purpose through many different means it's crazy who is the one who designed you well let's begin with a common theme especially in the old testament god has been referred to as your refuge your place of hope healing, and safety. This is big, given our culture is filled with so much pain and suffering. Every culture is, you're not special. Just so you know, we're not, we're not special. Every culture has had its ups and downs, its strifes, its crises, and everybody has experienced pain of some kind. Psalm 91.2 says, This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Lastly, Psalm 18, verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This is your designer. Some of us don't read the uh, design manual. I'm not necessarily talking about the Bible. The Bible refers to our true design manual, who is, I'm going to give you a hint, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your manual. The book, the Bible, points you to the Holy Spirit. And if you know anything about the Holy Spirit, who does the Holy Spirit always reveal and point to? Christ. Christ. It's all about Jesus. All of it. This whole gospel. Our whole lives. Who is this one who designed you? There are terms in Scripture, and some are comfortable, some are awkward. He's referred to as your parent. There's references to parental design. Friend and lover. The lover part gets awkward sometimes. You know, it's like guys especially, you know, if we're like a bride, that's like, we got to get around that somehow. But, you know, uh, if you're going to talk about terms in Scripture, it re- we're referred to as, you know, sons of God, and this, uh, newer translations will say sons and daughters because that's what it means. So, yeah, this whole bride thing, lover, is different, but extremely important. Let me show you what some of these verses say. Isaiah 66, 13 says, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. 
This is the mother heart of God. You remember, he's, she's neither, like no gender. God is not gender, right? Spirit. It's referred to as male mostly in Scripture, but again, look who it was written to. But the fact is, Spirit able to do both. Remember, God created mankind in his own image. Male and female, he created them in his image. This is important. The parent, the mother. Isaiah 62.5 says, Then God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. There's the lover. Isaiah 54.5 says, Your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. Now, for women, it's easier, but for guys, it's kind of different if we're not used to that. You know, God being our husband. Hmm. Well, don't let the corruption of this culture mess up a proper, healthy, biblical understanding. Big difference. Jews have no problem with this. They're very, very free about sexuality. They're far more mature about how things should work. And they talk about it. Luke 13, 34 says, How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Another female reference, really, of the care and tenderness of your designer. Do you even know your designer? Or you just know about him? There's a big difference. This is to push us towards personal intimacy with the one who created you, designed you. This is big. By design, you have been designed with an existing bond to God. I've heard... uh, Songs, and I've heard preachers say this. I think I've even said it. You know, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, and, you know, uh, that needs to get filled because it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Cringe. What's the problem with that statement? There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. What's the, the lie there? Yes! That's a lie! How can your designer be absent? It's an impossibility. An impossibility. We've covered that here at Hope Fellowship many times. I don't have time to get into those because that's, that's another direction. But my goodness, you, <laughs> all of creation is in Christ. You're being held together by Christ. Okay, leave that there. Designed for an existing bond with God. Longing for a connection to others. God has created us for connection. Even when he created Adam, it's not good that man should be alone. That's the narrative given to us, right? Do you remember remember that? Okay, it implies a design issue. Now, can I say something really important? This is not about introverts or extroverts. It has nothing to do with that. Some need a whole lot more people and some really like to be alone. And that's not what this is talking about. We have been created for design. Why do you think solitary confinement is so hurtful to inmates? It's to mess with the mind because we're created for connections whether you like it or not. This is big. Longing for a connection to God. 
people do search for God. They're wondering, hey, God, well, because the light that is already in them is speaking to them from the inside. They want to know who God is, but they've been sold a whole bunch of false perspectives of who this loving God really is. It's time to correct the misunderstandings in our culture about who God is. He's not a ticked-off, angry God ready to shoot you as soon as you cross that line. He's not that God. He's not the angry judge who just oh, finally gets to punish you. <laughs> no. He's already taken care of the sin problem. You're his child. He wants you to give you the big hug. And sometimes... I've heard people say, when I went searching for him, suddenly he was there. And then I asked, where were you? I've been with you the entire time. I stayed silent because you didn't want me to really speak yet. But he's still there with everybody, every human. That does not make everybody a Christian. Do you get that? There's a huge difference. But his creation, oh man, he's designed you in a special way. And you have his DNA. There's a longing to feel like you belong. I think this is the number one issue in marriages. In relationships. Feeling like you belong. Connected. Why do you think couples fight? Because there's a threat to belonging. It's a threat. Why do you think kids act out? Because their belonging need is threatened. This is proven psychology. This is, this is science. Non-negotiable. The bond is there. We're created for bonding. Emotional connections. Here's an example. A child reaches for his mother. There's, there's the natural Wanting to. When your kid's born, moms, when you first held your kid, what happened? You bonded. Because it's like, what? I haven't seen in person any parent go, oh, what was that? As, <laughs> if it has, they don't put it on YouTube. <laughs> there is a connection from being created in a mother. There's a bond with the kid that is unexplainable. But you are created for bonding, for connecting. Take a look at a loving touch between longtime partners. Some couples that have mastered the art of relationship or at least trudged through with lots of help along the way. When there are tender moments, to see them holding their hands or just however they do it. You've seen some of the YouTube videos of these old couples who um, end up dancing in a nursing home and they just, true love, the sway, they're, they're in the, they have the rhythm that everybody else longs for. So, man, I wish I could be like that when I'm that age. You know, I wish I had that connection. With their, their, everybody is wowed at the authentic love connection between those two, not so much the dance. The dance is just an expression of the bond already there, having worked through the issues. You're created like this. You're designed with a bond to God. Number two, you're designed to live dependent. That's why, again, there's a lot of fighting and resistance towards the love of God at times because people want to live independent. I want to live on my own. I don't need anybody. 
somebody's been hurt in their past, so now I refuse to become close to anybody else because I'm not going to risk getting hurt again by your spouse, by your kid, by coworkers, by friendships in the church, all of it. And yet, you have been created to connect and to live dependent on the Holy Spirit who lives in you. That's how you're designed to live from that. Let me give you an example, because I don't want to forget saying this one. Um, Lori was telling me about uh, her, her parents coming to Elmira to watch a play that Simon was in. And uh, uh, I think Lori was in the back seat, if I'm getting this right. And uh, her dad is driving, and she's, she's, she knows where to go. And he said, no, I want to look at the map. So I got this map here. Like, I can just tell you where to go. Like, no, I want to see this map. He's stubborn. And so there's a map. I'm, I'm sorry, father-in-law, but that, this is the illustration. Because so. <laughs> he'll probably hear about this. But there's, a, there's a, his pattern of what comfort zone is. He wants a map to try and figure out. So he's constantly looking. I don't know if he was driving or not, but either way, um, Lori was the map. He didn't need the paper map. He could have rested in the car driving and enjoy the connection with his daughter by talking and not worrying because she can say, next street, turn right. That's it. That's all you need to know. Up to the next step. Okay, up here, turn right. That's it. Just, and then continue on conversation as the Holy Spirit lives in the car. Lori is the Holy Spirit to her dad at the moment. The Holy Spirit is your map who will guide you every step of the way. <coughs> Some of us have a hearing problem or clogged filters from pain in the past. We don't know how to hear the voice of God speaking in our lives through people or already in us. We're designed to be loved and to receive love. Everybody is designed to be loved. You are loved. God loves everybody. I had the opportunity this week to speak to a, a gay man. And uh, as we were having a chat, uh, he asked me a question about Hope Fellowship. And as we got talking, um, I was able to tell him, here's what we believe. God loves everybody, period, and unconditionally, period. That's the gospel. Hey, you want to bring out your behavior flaws? If you're going to go there, don't you dare. You are loved. Everyone is loved. We're designed to receive love. God is the initiator. We're the responders. That's how we're designed. I'm not making this up. You know it. You're designed to live in the awareness of your constant connection to the one who created you. The Christian word is called abiding. You're designed to live from who is in you, who you are one with. And when you don't act and live out of how you're designed, there could be complications. A lot of them. Why is God doing this to me? Maybe you made a stupid choice. <laughs> it's not God. You're reaping the consequence of your really 
blind choice, consequences. Once in a while, God delivers us from consequences. That's a neat, cool thing. But most times, he walks through the consequence with us. He's never absent from our wrong choices. And he has a loving path already planned to bring you to wholeness. I really believe that. I've been through enough crap myself to know that. I'm living proof. You're designed by your creator to function and live a certain way. Just like a car has instruction manuals, you know, it tells you, okay, if that light comes on, this is what it means. Check engine light. Nobody knows what this means, you know, stuff like that. But God has a design for how we're to relate. Because life, if, again, if we're designed for bonding, what's another word for that? Relationships. Life truly is about relationships. Not your stuff. Not your successes. Not your achievements. But your connections. First of all, to God. Because he wants you to know who your designer is. And then how you interact with one another in the context of who is in your life. That's what this is about. Paul has a number of instructions in the New Testament. They're not laws. I hope you know that. The instructions in the New Testament are given to us for our benefit. This looks good on you. Don't do these things. Do these other things. People have turned them into rules and laws that the church says, you must do. See, the Bible says you must. And they, they just shove the Bible down their throat. It's like, okay, you've so missed the point. Is, is it true that the words are there? Sure it is. But the heart is relationship, not right or wrong. That's the wrong tree. Love is the goal. And let your heart be filled with his love. The word filled means to be controlled by. Let it be filled with his love. So the Holy Spirit will nudge you to read these texts that are helpful to you. After a while, you don't need that because the Spirit in you is already telling you and confirming with you. Yeah, this is good. This is not good. But those who are growing and need need a, a written document to help, that's where the Bible comes in. Beautiful. Holy Spirit guides us that way. It's powerful. By design, you got a physical design. And there are many designs. (laughs) But we're designed to function a certain way. We're designed to have certain foods that we need that draws the nutrition that we need, good and bad. There's bad stuff we take in, and, you know, some of us have a little more proof. So, anyway. Um, But there's really good foods we need to keep us healthy. We're designed that way by God. Who can come up with the whole system of how we're created? Our skeletal, our nervous system, the whole blood, the whole breathing and oxygen system. Like, really? It's so complicated. Yeah, it just happened out of nowhere. I don't think so. The eyeball is enough proof. It's way too intricate to suddenly happen out of nowhere and then happen to connect with this one. But add another couple million years, maybe it's okay. So now, anyway, however God created, by the way, I'm not going to argue about. Okay? How? is not the issue. 
too many churches fight over how. Seven days. No, it was millions of years. Seven days. Will you guys chill? Really, really? God did it. Okay? Because when we get to heaven, it ain't going to matter. So if it ain't going to matter there, it shouldn't matter here. Be careful. Intake, exercise. You're designed to have certain exercise. I remember a, a guy named Harry that I grew up with um, who uh, uh, I think he was like 45 when he died. He ate out every meal. Every meal. Does anybody see a problem with that? We're not designed for that but he longed for connections, people, friends. <laughs> Emotionally, relational health with one another. There are a lot of references in Scripture to how to get along, how to connect, wisdom. We're emotionally created to bond. Spiritual, living in the awareness of who you are and understand how God created this world and how he designed it. How we interact with the laws of creation. Laws of gravity, don't jump off a building because gravity will take you. You know, like, there's some wisdom here, okay? Like, God's creation is beautiful. And how we interact with his creation, even the things we can't understand yet. Has anybody started to look into some quantum physics stuff? Oh my goodness, I'm... <clears throat> okay, God just got bigger. <laughs> and no, I don't understand it. <laughs> But the message of grace continues to expand and it's expanding into quantum that I've, I've never seen before. Blown away by this. Spiritual awareness. You're created to have spiritual awareness. You are a spirit being having a, an earthly human experience. Mentally. <laughs> we are designed to function a certain way. I saw an illustration recently of a plant at a museum. Uh, they were told for 30 days to speak anger and hate to this one plant. I don't know if you saw my post. I put it up a while back. The next plant, they're supposed to speak truth and love and care and niceness to it. 30 days. I could not believe the difference. The one over here that was spoken evil to had become shriveled, distorted, not properly colored, like the pigment hasn't come through properly, chlorophyll and all that stuff, but this other one flourished. There's something about the power of your words. There's something about it. We're designed to receive good news, to speak positive. I see parents screaming at their kids with venom and hate in a grocery store. I've seen it. I'm, you don't see it as much anymore. It depends where you live, but... My goodness, the power of your words, of how you speak mentally to somebody, is important. Words matter. That's for another sermon. How are you thinking? The scripture tells us, think about these things that are true, honorable, righteous, holy, pure. Keep your mind focused on those, not the negative. Apparently, we have vibration in our body. We're, our whole body's vibrating really, really fast. And negative thoughts, apparently, from what I'm reading and hearing, Slow down your vibration. But positive thoughts speed them up. It's a higher vibration. Interesting. What does that mean? Go figure it out. Ephesians 2. This is, this is powerful. 
God, your designer, the one who designed you, is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. You can stop there and go Pentecostal. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, like, this is big. Uh, mercy. I heard this yesterday. Don Keithley defined mercy like this. From Strong's Concordance, mercy in this verse means a kindness towards those that are afflicted joined with a desire to relieve them. Wow. This is your God who is so rich in mercy. He's drawn to the afflicted, not repelled by them. I read this post yesterday, or it was Friday, doesn't matter. A guy named Chris, he posted this on May 18th. You know, talk about mercy, the mercy of God in a certain individual, how healing can come, and this this is a younger guy, probably, probably late 20s, really early 30s, I'm guessing. It's amazing what a picture on Facebook does. Listen to this. 36 years ago, on an evening such as this, I guess he's 36, or a little bit older, maybe he's 40. 36 years ago, on an evening such as this, my father looked me straight in the eye and said in disgust for getting a C on my middle school report card. He said, with grades like that, you're no son of mine. This afternoon... May 18th, I learned that eight years ago, just months after my father's death, my mother consciously decided, under the influence of my sister, to completely write me out of my parents' will, literally as if I was never her son. Tonight, I have become profoundly aware that I have always been an orphan, adopted only by grace who would call me his own unconditionally. The family system that hoped to devour me is in fact the one I have risen above and broken the cycle. Tonight, I rest assured in peace and freedom. Better to be orphaned by evil and adopted by grace than to be shackled by evil only to never experience true life, family, and unconditional love. Grace is brave. Be brave. His mother had just recently passed. Wow. Talk about betrayal. Do you hear the mercy spoken into him, the afflicted, and the voice of God he heard? It's the same voice to every one of you. Are you listening? Every one of you has the same voice speaking in your heads, in your hearts. Not everybody knows it or is aware of it. Wow. But God is so rich in mercy. Rich. Filthy rich in mercy. We talk about loving God. Mercy is important too. 
And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Let me highlight again because I can't help doing this because I love this part. That even though we were dead, he then gave us life. While we were dead, he gave us life. When we were dead, blind, didn't know we needed saving, then he gave us life. That's what that says. Can't argue. Sorry. Yes, it flies in the face of some theology, but so what? I'm going to stick with this. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages. At, whoops, come back. Future ages, we're, what? Here we go. Uh, where are we here? Oh, now I'm lost. Oh, here we go. As examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You have been created in Christ. Is there anybody not created by Christ? Anyone. Give it a try. (laughs) Christ is the creator. And all of creation is in Christ. Held together by Christ. I pray that those who do not believe will experience salvation. Saved. Sozo. The word is healed. Did you know that? Healed. <laughs> there isn't a single verse anywhere in the Bible that says, if you believe, then you go to heaven. It doesn't exist. But we've made it that. We've made it conditional. but it does say an awful lot about how Christ saved the world. God loves his creation. He's designed you to be loved and liked. Why is it so important to know you're created by design? So you know your creator, the ultimate relationship, in an authentic way. Number two, so you can live in a way that you were designed to live. You got to know your designer. Oh, that's what's supposed to happen. Oh, that piece. No wonder. Head in the wrong place. You know? So you know who you really are, knowing your identity, which is what we are all about here at Hope Fellowship. That's our primary message. Know who you are in Christ. So you can avoid the known traps that hinder your life. You've been given a heads up. Rust spray your car so it lasts longer. A.K.A. 
oh darn, eat better so that, you know, you last a little longer, your energy keeps going. (laughs) Preaching to the choir here, oh my goodness. Anyway, that's an illustration, right? Okay, all right. It's true though. And so you can love and help others who may be blind or hindered, helping them out of their darkness. Once you know your design, you understand how others are also designed by the Creator and now can speak life and truth into them and help them out of the pit. You are walking healers to help save people, heal people, bring them to revelation of God, healing their minds that are dead to God. I invite people to wake up and receive Christ, believe in Christ as their Lord. They will experience all this. It's powerful. You're designed by love. You've been designed to receive love. Don't let the hurts in your life prevent you from receiving love. You may need to see a counselor to help with that. Our world is filled with hurt, but hurt is not the excuse. You have no excuse to stay there. Unless you like it and you don't want help. Can't help you. But if you want out, oh yeah, there's help. Oh yeah, yeah. There's healing coming for your mind, for your body, for your soul. And then you can be walking light and love to others wherever you go. I hope you know your designer. I know how you're created. Your settings matter. If the settings are wrong, you can go the wrong direction. Remember? GPS? Stupid thing. It was doing exactly what the buttons and settings told it to do. I'd like to reveal to you the settings inside you that God designed. He's given you a wonderful revelation and it begins with his love. Know you're loved, beloved. Be loved, beloved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our designer. Yep, I've got designer clothes. Armor of God. So, Father, may we all come to a revelation of how you've created us and how you've designed us to live. Can you be the gentle one to speak to all of our hearts of nudging us gently towards the changes we have to make for our good? I know you will be because you're gentle. And may we be gentle with one another and patient as people adjust and are becoming who they really are. Be the wisdom in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we tie this all together? That phone setting had three options in it. And clearly I showed you how I changed it. But what are our settings that probably need to be changed? Let me recommend that when you're created, your default setting was set. But somewhere along the line... The setting changed from dependent to independent. 
let me recommend you switch the setting back to yielding, surrender, dependence. To live a life of surrender, a life of living in utter dependence on the Holy Spirit and learning what that's like and learning to trust the one who designed you and the settings that were created. I hope you take that to heart. I hope you have a great weekend.